Hey, welcome to Sound Guy Tips Podcast. Uh, my name is Jonah Kay. This is going to be part two of the interview with Ryan McAdam. If you missed part one, feel free to go back to the last episode and listen to that. But in this part of the interview, we get more into talking about safety and again about just how new the industry is. The perspective you can gain from listening to this is super valuable. There's no technical tips or how-tos. We're just going to be talking about parts of the industry that are kind of undercover. And really, it's about safety accountability for yourself, the artists, and other techs. If everybody has the same mindset to look out for each other, you know, nobody's going to get electrocuted. Nobody's going to have a stage fall on them. And we can all go home at the end of the day knowing that we did a good show. So I'm going to get right to the interview on the other side of the music. So let's get this going. Welcome to Sound Guy Tips. I've created this show because I am dedicated to sharing as much knowledge as I can about the world of live sound. Listen, getting into the world of live audio can certainly be intimidating, but I'm here to teach you the technical aspects, key mindsets, and how to thrive socially to stay on top of call lists, land an awesome house gig, or get yourself on retainer with a great touring band. So this is Sound Guy Tips. Now can we cut this music out? Oh man, I'm sick of all this inspirational crap. There we go, that's better. I mean, one thing in in regards to safety, and something I want to do in another episode, and maybe I'll get you know you get well. I mean, I could get really in depth into any topic, really. But one is definitely power. Okay, because you know, yeah, you plug in a power amp. There's a distro. There's you know, there's rubber tails coming out of a wall. Who knows what's what? You know when. When did, you know, a sound guy become an electrician? Well, you don't really, because in a lot of events, you know, say we go, we drag a stage to a field, there's power, there's a power box in the middle of the field, and and an electrician is responsible for plugging in our stuff to that and metering the electricity. No, no, that, that's new. <laughs> but that's no, this is my as of this summer, you go to the field where we're supposed to be doing and drawing a whole whack of power to run a big event for a couple thousand people or more. And the power comes from where? Some box in the ground with some rubber coming out of it and copper and uh somebody like myself who is still relatively new, but I've worked enough shows to kind of know what's what. And I know, okay, well, I better not, you know, plug in the tails while it's powered on. Like I should, or like, you know, it should be plugged in. But the scary and, part is you, know that you I mean? might not know that. I'm, and, you know, power is one of the, one of the first things I think that's overlooked. Everyone's, you know, making up things, one phase, three phase, this, this many AC, DC, whatever. <laughs> right. And it's like, Oh, in the, there's always one guy on the site. You hope where you can be like, Hey, how many, uh, speakers can I plug into this one circuit? Like, 
Because, and then who knows? And oh, you blew it. Where's the box? I don't know. Where am I supposed to go turn the power back on? But if you mishandle power, I mean, it could end your life, right? So, absolutely. Uh, I, you know, I, I'd speak to my own experience in that. Uh, you know, when I when I got into the industry, literally somebody handed me a, an Allen key and pointed me in the general vicinity of the power panel and said, and handed me a set of tails and said, can you go tie in the power? It's like, people I went, do... I went, I've never done that before. And they said, ah, you'll figure it out. It's color-coded. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. That yeah. was that was literally my introduction to power. Uh, and electricians know. do 10 years of apprenticeships to to even just be licensed Before as a journeyman. they're allowed to do right. that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and so I had an experience um, pretty early on. And I think almost all of us that got into the industry that early had a similar experience. I, you know, I was I was doing a loadout, and uh, uh, I was with somebody who was uh, less experienced than me, even. Uh, and to show my own inexperience, I asked them <laughs> if the power had been turned off. Uh, and so I was pretty like I was pretty young. I, I would yeah. have been maybe eighteen at the time. And and so I you know I go into my toolbox because at the, the time I was a you know a super hip tech guy and I was you know wheeling around a big ass toolbox and I had shit on my belt and wanted to look the part. Yeah, because uh, I wasn't quite the part yet. Um, uh, and and this story proves it. <laughs> Is that, you know, I went up to the panel and, and uh, you know, I'm using an uninsulated Allen key uh, and I am i didn't meter anything before I touched it. And, and I start to, to undo uh, one of the hot lugs because the, the only thing that I knew was that you untie the hot first and the ground last. Uh, you know what I mean? I, so I'm, I'm thinking I know everything there is to know about power at this point. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know the order in which I should do it. Well, the, the, it was an outdoor gig and the wind picks up and the panel door starts to swing towards me. And of course I have my one hand very firmly around an uninsulated Allen key on a hot lug and, and a, a grounded door swinging close to my arm. And I got an arc shock off of that door that, that sent me flying a few feet. I was lucky. It was only a few feet. If the wind had been stronger, I'd be dead. Uh, you know, and and it turns out that whoever had mounted the the breaker switch mounted it upside down. So so the fella I asked if the power was off. He when he I watched him double check it. And it looked it's and it, it like was it. in the down position. So so I oh perfect. He's turned it off. It, it only it turns out that the up position would have been off in because the breaker was mounted upside down. Wow. And uh, yeah. And so I, I I said at that point was it was a defining moment for me in that. I wasn't. I wasn't going to watch that happen to anybody else. That was absolutely unacceptable. Uh, it was. It was uh, crazy that I had put myself in that scenario. That I had been put in the scenario. Uh, you know, where myself and one less experienced person got sent to tear this stuff out, knowing there's an electrical tieout to be done, and I have zero experience, really, and zero business doing it. And and so that's but that's normal. It, it's still like I still see that today, uh, you know, where where, you know, I think we've we've come along. Our, our company's come a long way and we don't we don't really do that kind of stuff anymore. We, we, we uh, are affiliated with several electricians. We get ESA inspected on every event. It's, it's pretty, pretty awesome to think in the in the fairly short term. We went from from me bare barehanded on <laughs> on a on a hot lug to uh, to like 
going to the nth degree with regulations, but but we did it slowly and sustainably, and and uh, and I think the business on a whole has, or the industry on a whole has, has come up, um, has raised the standard and realized that that kind of shit's not going to fly anymore, and it's not worth somebody's life. Uh, you know what I mean? Same thing. Whether it's rigging, whether it's electricity, we do dangerous stuff every single day. We hang things over people's heads. Yeah. I, I don't know. You know how much more I can. I can stress that that's really dangerous. You have to pay attention. There's a reason there's a safety cable on every light fixture. There's a reason that that things are double safety. There's a reason that electricians have 10 years of apprenticeship it is because that's really dangerous. And and yet still uh and and those regulations might only be applicable in Canada as well. Like other countries might have other regulations, other uh, type of sticker certifications and stuff like that and you know maybe you're working and somebody comes through from the states or another country and they're carrying their own lighting distro or their own whatever that is just like a piece of plywood with some cables like you, that you they plug in and it's like yeah. uh yeah you're not using that here but that's what they use right. and it's like uh and it's just normal to them right they don't. They don't necessarily think or know that any different, right? It's. It's. Uh, uh, you know, I would say, I'll generalize North America, um, but I really mean Canada and the United States puts no onus on on an individual to be safe. I, I, you know, when I uh, I did some traveling a few years back to, uh, and I was in Cuba, and and I walk up, I'm in this the middle of this open air market, and there's literally a power panel. It, it mounted to some plywood in the middle of this public square that controls this weird little lighting display. And it had like the old, like Frankenstein style throw switches on it. So you, so you got, you're dealing with hot, uh, like metal right metal, there, like, yeah. like metal. You, metal. You touch it, you're getting shocked, period. Yeah. And there's like hundreds of these little switches on this panel. There's no breakers, there's no GFIs, there's nothing. And it's just sitting out in the open, powered up. And and they assume that you're not going to be ridiculous enough to walk up, lick your finger, and put your finger in the socket. Because that's what a reasonable person will do. <laughs> you know? And, and so, but that goes to show you the difference, right? I, I mean, as unreasonable as that might sound... It's the truth, and and I would say you know the, I've been lucky enough to do some traveling, and and that's that's kind of true everywhere. We we baby people, you know, like you you go to you go places in Europe, and there'll just be an open hole in the middle of the ground where where somebody was in the middle of doing some work and had to wait for a part or whatever, and they just left the hole. They don't put a fence around it. They don't anything. They just they assume you're not dumb enough to fall in the hole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it's the world. Uh, the onus like, is on you to, to, to yeah. like watch where you're going. Are you are you crazy? You know. Yeah, I mean that so, also just reflects on our culture here in particular, just in the sense that like. People, it's like if you're walking down the street and a car's gonna turn right in front of you, but you're walking across the crosswalk, maybe you should stop and let the car go by because maybe they didn't see you. You don't have right. to get mad at the car like you're <laughs> entitled to walk across the street. Which you if are. you want to get are. hit, go by, ahead and walk. By our but, rules, you are right. entitled to walk. Right. But but That's common sense at life, some though. point has to prevail, and you go, oh, I'm like it's possible that car didn't see you. Right. And it might be their fault. But it's all about fault at that point, and and I guess that's that's sort of the the moral of the story here that I'm getting at is we where we are today, the fault is on the person who is supposed to know, <laughs> and so if you don't know anything about 
uh, you know, we'll get off electricity for a second. Sure. If, yeah. if you don't know anything about rigging, you shouldn't be hanging things over people's heads. You shouldn't be hanging anything at all, you know, uh, uh, nor should you be tying an electrical or anything. But, but like, at what point, is, the onus has got to be a little bit on the individual to say, to put up their hand and say, uh, I'll do this, but I don't know how. I've never been trained. And and most sane human beings are going to say, oh, hold on then. Please don't don't put the shackle there. I'll look after it. Right. But some, you know. Yeah, some people might feel pressured, like even even with power, is being like, well, I've done it maybe 15 or 20 times next to somebody and a couple of times myself. Sure. And then you see something that needs doing and then you just go do it yourself without checking first on any of the scenario, whether the power's on or off or whether you have a meter or whether you know which order to plug them in or whether right. that person that you were watching actually knew <laughs> and if you were, and then you go to do it just because you're like, yeah, I've been fine the whole time, but there's no actual right. knowledge. I haven't, I haven't died yet. There's no knowledge base. <laughs> it's just like, well, I hope sure. That and, there, works. and there's no like, standard. And and part of that speaks to again the age of our industry is that you know if you look at uh, rigging is a great example. There's there's no uh, there's some de facto standards in Canada. We we follow the U.S. standard for better or worse. Yeah. Um, but there's no mandated standard for for rigging you, uh, that I'm aware of. You you don't have to have any training whatsoever you don't you don't have to follow any book of standards you don't have to do anything you can just you know my two and a half year old can go hang stuff over people's heads and as long as it doesn't fall it's perfectly okay <laughs> yeah, and there's the standard right there if it doesn't fall down it's okay is that is that a good idea absolutely not <laughs> you know should you be concerned when you're when you're putting something above somebody's head of course should you at least be looking for what what uh, what little standard does exist? Yes, uh, and I think um, you know there are lots of organizations. Uh, again, you know, I'd go back to whether it's IOTSI or whoever who who adamantly follow the 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 only standard we have. Whether whether it's regulatory or not is irrelevant, and, and that's how it should be. Uh, I think is is that. Uh, in the absence of a regulated standard, we need to, at the bare minimum, we need to be looking for the de facto standards and who who in the industry is uh, does have a standard and is willing to to put in writing what that standard is, and and we should be following those things. There's no, there's no reason you or I should ever be doing a power tie-in. You know what I mean? Uh, it's just not it's not worth it. It's not worth your life. It's not worth the life of your audience. It's not, right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, I get in some scenarios. I suppose maybe the show must go on. But boy, and oh that's boy, kind of the mentality though. Like, it's like I've done lots of things where I literally was like, I think I'm supposed to be doing this right now. Yeah. So I'll do it. Yeah. I've been. <laughs> but, I've been. Or I'd be like, I think I should. Should I know this stuff or should? there be somebody qualified here is there a qualification that exists for it right. or and and so like so should here, i just try I'll, here, I'll, i always a good say practice. i'll try right here's a good <laughs> like, here's a good practice is every time you run into a situation where you have to ask yourself a question like that think of the last stage that fell down or the last accident that happened in our industry that that maybe someone was unfortunate enough to to perish in and and ask yourself if what you're doing if the show must go on is worth that to yeah. you because that's 
potentially what you're doing when you when you're when you're putting that pin in the stage and you don't know what you're doing or when you're when you're screwing the pin on the shackle and you don't know what you're doing or when you're when you're tightening the lug on the electricity and you don't know what you're doing there, even when you do know what you're doing there's there's a potential there and, and it's to be taken seriously so uh you know not to be a, a a downer but but that's what goes through my mind every every time i have to ask myself if i know how to do what i'm about to do I think of that. Yeah. And if, if the answer is, uh, you know, I've, I've thought through all of the variables and that, that kind of thing isn't a concern, then, then I'll, I'll take a, a closer look at proceeding. But if, if I could do harm to myself or to the people around me, um, then, then I just say, no, I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> I won't do that. And at, at least now that we do have more regulations in terms of like weather protocol, Mm-hmm. And and evacuation protocol, uh, with actual you know phone technology that lets you track it Actively and all these monitor types of weather right because that's a massive deal for uh, so many events um, for sure. I would encourage like anybody that is listening to this podcast should be looking at the the Event Safety Alliance uh, and they've just they've just developed a Canadian chapter in the last little while. And it is, uh, they offer some weather training and, and a handful of other things. And, and they do like a, some informal sessions that are basically like, here's, here's what you need to know about weather. You know, I, I went to a, a really, really great seminar about, about that, uh, not that long ago. And it was, uh, you know, having been in the business as long as I have, I've been involved with, with festivals that are running either through bad weather or, or end up ultimately being shut down because of, bad weather and i can tell you that that even the best laid plans still have a margin for error <laughs> you know uh, so the more people know about that stuff the better and and i think that was that was something i walked away from the last the essay canada uh, uh thing that i went to was not enough people are aware of this you know these these standards that do actually exist and and the potential like how many people really know what can happen on a uh, you know on a on a mobile stage in bad weather how right. many people really know <laughs> you know uh, and you might not be the person to make the call on whether the event gets shut down whether the the stage gets shut down but you should know the what the the generally accepted rules are because at some point well, you may have you to never make the call. want to actually see anything come down or get exactly. struck by lightning exactly like, with somebody on it it's terrible <laughs> like, I, I you know in, in I've, I've been fortunate or unfortunate i, I suppose it, to go through unfortunate enough to go through lots of those experiences fortunate enough to go through them without actually seeing anybody you know seriously injured um uh you know i've been through a ministry of labor investigation where somebody thought they saw a lightning strike it ultimately wasn't but uh you know we went through Okay, now we suddenly we need to develop protocol on what this looks like when there's a lightning strike. You know what what happens when there's lightning in the area? What what do we do? Yeah, you, you know because you now have an inspector breathing in your back, going, "What do you do when there is a lightning strike?" And you go, "I'm not really sure." You know, we now have a protocol for that stuff. Yeah. You, you know, high wind, uh, rain. You know, I, I I went through. I've I've been through some of the most crazy weather I've ever seen in my whole life on outdoor stages, and you go. Holy cow! Like uh, you know, and almost every time it raises another question, and and that's what it needs to do. That's really the lovely part about uh, such a such a new industry is that is that we get to be a part of um, establishing those things that are that are going to keep the next guy a little bit safer 
and, and uh, you know, make the whole thing run a little more smoothly and be able to deliver a, a better, cooler show to the customer in the end and do it safely. <laughs> yeah, I get to a really good point. Like, I never really considered the infancy of the industry in comparison to, you know, other longer standing industries. Because when I think music industry, you know, of course, there's hundreds of years ago, the orchestras and and people have been playing music and performing it live for a long time. Sure. But that has nothing to do with the technology that's being involved now to run those events. Right. And the people that know how to set it up. Yeah, like, you, you look back at you know it was it was uh, uh, debatably. I'm sure somebody will barbecue me for getting this wrong, but but uh, you know debatably it was the mid '60s before any real sound system of any kind was was assembled. You know, there's lots of people building stages and yeah. Didn't the Beatles and, and stop playing live because the girls screamed so loud? The PA couldn't, couldn't get they, over the volume of those the guys audience? were playing out of their guitar amps <laughs> yeah. in arenas full of screaming people. <laughs> yeah. Do you know like, what I mean? They can't like, even hear what song it is. It was ni- not even in, close. In 1963. That was still the case. The, yeah. the, these guys were literally playing through their guitar amps on stage and singing through guitar amps. That's in some insane. cases, insane. You know, I couldn't even. You, you look at you know. I don't know if you you watched the the Woodstock documentary that came out fairly oh, recently yeah, on did. Netflix. Yeah, I watched. You look that. at the PA and, and the, the thing, and it's like there's three cabinets aside, and they're like 60 feet in the air, just trying to shoot way people. over to the top of the audience to to a half million people not a go, single delay wow staff. that's and crazy like four scaff towers for follow for, spots for, for, <laughs> and that was all the lighting that all was the it. lighting yeah <laughs> you know you go wow that's amazing that that, that wasn't really that was that good enough for ago. them you I know guess. Uh, yeah nobody could hear it and i'm sure what it, <laughs> the people that could hear it it sounded horrible <laughs> uh, you know and there was you know no lighting and the bad weather came through they had to you know partially evacuate all that kind of stuff but you look at it and you go like I work with guys who were there. <laughs> yeah. That's how not very long ago that was. Aside from all the things that we just talked about um that could lend some good knowledge or reality check to someone who's new, maybe what's one piece of advice overall if somebody, you know, maybe around 18, 19, 20 years old who's like kind of starting to get into it as today, mm-hmm. right? Like what what would be something that would be wise to tell them. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go back to what I said right before we hit record, which is the the most valuable piece of advice anybody ever gave me, uh, which was uh, it was put fairly un- indelicately at the time, and, and it was along the lines of "shut up and work." Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, less talking, more more working. Uh, nobody nobody wants to hear about how good you are at what you what you uh, do or think you can do. People want to see what you can do the the proof's in the pudding you know what i mean you uh you go into the you go into the show you you kick ass take names and you're gonna get the call back i I can say that unequivocally uh you know be be humble while you do it if if that's an option you know there's a handful of the of the very top best of the best of the best uh technicians that the only complaint i could ever possibly say is that they could stand to be a little more humble but uh um you know, so uh, so you you take a look at that and you run with it. it it's uh, don't don't tell me how much you know. Show me how much you know. Thanks a lot for sharing all of that because it's all super valuable. Um, a lot of experience 
from you know for the last 20 to 30 years across the industry so really good to hear that perspective because it's one i didn't even really have um so thanks a lot for for talking to me ryan thanks for having me and and thanks for uh uh doing a great podcast it's uh uh, as I said to you when I originally talked to you about this, uh, I think it's much needed that uh, um, because there isn't a clear path into the industry, I think you're you're offering a way for uh, people who are are starting out. Um, it, you know, it's giving them a bit of a a bit of a roadmap, so to speak, on on how to get into it. So so thanks for that. <laughs>